Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 66. I'm Brando, I'm here with Ryan, and today we're going to continue the arc of the Planeswalker by stepping into the giant silver metal shoes of Karn the Planeswalker. Now hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan, we're back for another Whirlwind Adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Whole ton is going down. We're continuing our Planeswalker arc, and we're going to CCO it a little bit for all the people that were afraid we were going to do the boring, oh, here's all the Lilianas in a deck. Oh, here's the Jace deck. And we're going to pick Planeswalkers that are fucking old, and you forgot all about them. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to put ourselves in the shoes of them. And today, we're going to start with Karn. Yeah, for sure. We said a couple weeks ago when we were kind of introing the arc that... Maybe it's going to be like last week, and it's going to be the Planeswalkers that you can use as your commander. Maybe to be the flippy-dippy ones that are a creature on one side, legendary creature, and a Planeswalker on the other. Today, no. No, no, we're not going to do that. Today, we are stepping into the shoes, as you say, of Karn, uh, Planeswalker. Well, Karn, he does, is a Planeswalker. Does he have a last name? No. Mr. Liberated? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sionaverza? You're the one who did all the research for this one, Ryan. You should know if he has a last name. Does he have a last name? I couldn't think anything clever. Dang it, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do a deck. It is not going to be mono-brown artifacts. What? Yeah, boring. Mind you, I thought about it because we haven't actually done a mono-brown list since episode 5, Hope of Gearpoor. Well, it'll probably be the same deck, just with Karn in it. Yeah, swap out the Commander C episode 5. Hit our theme song. <laughs> No, just kidding. That deck, though, has turned into a Traxos deck that uses Kaldotha Forgemaster to find a World Slayer, destroy all permanents, just filled it with a bunch of indestructible things. Maybe we do a deck tech on that. CCO Nation, let us know. Ah, you're the worst. You are the worst. Oh, so good with Blightsteel, because he's indestructible. I know. Yeah, and you could just one-shot everybody with World Slayer. Or you could just really turn up the diarrhea dial and use Darksteel Colossus, because you got to four-punch everybody, and they got to sit there for all those <laughs> turns and just take it. <laughs> Scoop at instant speed. <laughs> no, we got some housekeeping stuff to do before we get into the deck, though. So, yes, we do. Social media coordinates, super fast, and then new changes to the Patreon and some other exciting CCO things. We are CCO Podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can see this list, last week's list, or any other list we talk about in the future. We are commandercookout at gmail.com. That's where you can send us deck lists, love mail, hate mail, show suggestions, old school planeswalkers you think we should build decks around, but no nudes. How about nudes of planeswalkers? That sounds artistic. Okay, sure. If you want to send those. But... Ta tasteful ones. Yes, tasteful only. I don't want to see any veiny dicks. Kyla. <laughs> We're also Commander Cookout on iTunes, Google Play, Google Machine, YouTube, Patreon, EDHREC.com, Podomatic, where we are still in a desperate fight with them ninnies, and the unofficial, official home of CCO Podcast, Flipside Gaming. .com. I was talking to Connor from FlipsideGaming.com, and he said he wants to continue the mini documentaries he does on the Artists of Magic. Ooh. Super cool. Check them out there. Who's next? Do we have a teaser? Can we tee that up? Or did I don't have say? a teaser. Sorry. Ah, well, next time we talk to him, we'll, we'll get the goods. Full show. Also, flipsidegaming.com, me and Smitty were making a shopping cart there in preparation to use promo code CCOFU. Get 10% off the entire store. Go there or be square. I'm going to get on that shopping cart too also. Okay, let us know. 
And CCO Nation will let you know because it may or may not lead to the next giveaway. Uh-oh. It is in the works. After... After our Rowan and Kenrith Planeswalker Twins foil promo giveaway. Battle Bond foil promo, alternate art promo. I think that's worth a mention. Sure. We are giving them away. The contest giveaway has been super successful on Facebook thus far. You can head over to Commander Cookout Podcast Facebook page. Like, follow the page. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Podomatic. Help us take down the ninnies. Yeah. We're getting actually lots of follows there. It's helping. Thanks, guys. Yeah, super sweet. We are back into the top five or six on Podomatic's games and hobbies section following the ninnies. So we don't thank you that much. Yeah. Make us thank you harder <laughs> by following harder. You can tag somebody in the comments for any of the contest posts. Share the post. Did I say that? Nope. I don't know, but the next way to win, potentially, is going and bidding on our auctions. Great segue. Ooh. Going and bidding on auctions that we have on our Facebook page for Wedge from the Mana Source. He has the GoFundMe because he had the back surgeries. Surgery. Not so fun. Big medical bills. So we are raising funds with a custom Atraxa token used in Atraxable, drawn by at Psychosebi on Twitter. Check her out. She does some cool stuff. She's very good. Not safe for work, by the by. So if that's a thing. That's, that's actually in her Twitter description. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's all good. Super cool stuff, though. I checked out a lot of it. Recommended some of our local play group to check it out as well. And also the custom foil peel signed by all of the content creators from Bowl participants. Commander and MTG, Commander's Brew, Legendary Creature, CMDR Central, Brothers War. Oh, I'm putting myself on the spot. Commander Time, all the hosts from these podcasts all signed this. Cassius Marsh from the San Francisco 49ers. Everybody signed it. And now we're auctioning it up. The auction is going to end on our next show. So that would be July 10th, Tuesday. Okay. We actually have an additional lot to add to the auction. We teased on it last week. We know more about it. Jay Sage of Skuma Alters on Facebook, Skuma underscore Alters on Instagram, he says. Never been there. Don't have Instagram, but I trust him. We'll get Kyla to check it out. She's good at that stuff. Sure. Custom altered soul ring. Goes in almost every single deck. Almost. Goes in every deck. There you go. He's agreed to donate this free of charge. It's going to cost you your bid. And if you've ever seen his stuff, you know that it's so excellent. He's probably one of the premier altering guys like in the universe. Definitely in in this universe. For sure. Yeah. If you haven't, go to his Facebook page or his Instagram, check it out. You'll be floored. Lots of blacks and whites and and gold leaf. Super nice. It's going to be up for auction as soon as it's done. I haven't seen it yet. But, He's doing it this week, right? Yeah, I've seen a bunch of his other stuff, and it's great. The starting bid on it, $300, which he tells me is where his commissions start. So if that's any indication of the quality that you're going to get or the level of artistic detail and creation that you're going to get, this is, I'm going to call it a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity because I know if you were going to go and commission this guy to do an altar for you, you're going to be waiting a very long time. Yes, and this is your chance to get on it right now. And in the process, you're going to be donating to a very good cause uh, in helping out a member of our community get out from under some trouble that he's in. And you can do that by either winning the bid by, you know, saying you're going to bid on it on Facebook, on our page, and either donating directly to 
the CCO podcast PayPal account that we have set up now or making a donation directly to Wedge's GoFundMe in your name. Link will be in the show notes and then you just shoot us a screenshot of it and we get Jay Sage from Skuma Alters to send you the card directly. Super exciting. I'm actually pumped to see it because I peep this guy's art all the time. And big thanks to Jay Sage for getting in on this with us and helping us uh, help out a good guy. For sure. One more piece of business. What's that? We've mentioned the unofficial home for CCO Podcast, FlipBadsGaming.com. Oh, this is exciting. This is exciting. What about the official home? Could You mean CommanderCookout.com? Say it right. CommanderCookout.com? Yes. Ha! So one of our stretch goals, one of our stretch goals when we hit 60 patrons, website. And now we have one. Launching. You should be able to access it. By the time you listen to this episode, granted, if there's any bugs, we're going to get friends of the show, F.U. Smitty and Evan, to take a look at it just to make sure it works all good. So if when you access it on July 3rd, when it goes live, you can't, be patient, shouldn't be much longer. You're going to find links to subscribe to all of our content and all of our social media links, of course, a complete backlog of Commander Cookout podcast, which... Uh, people tell us when they find it that they want to listen to the backlog. So it'll all be in one place. In addition to, of course, Google Play and iTunes and YouTube and blah, 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 right? You're also going to find sections for an up-and-coming article series that coincides with all of the arcs that we do. So right now we're on Arc of Planeswalker. We're going to supplement the podcast with... We're going to supplement the arcs with the written word. Some people like to consume that, I guess. Weird. Yeah. Maybe it'll be super boring stuff that like will put you to sleep at night. No, not us. Yeah, if we write the right. same way we talk, we're the best. I'm going to write exactly how I talk. <laughs> uh, 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 and then you're going to edit it all out. <laughs> <laughs> I am technically trained to do that too, Ryan. Yes, you are the English guy, for sure. <laughs> and then, of course, there's going to be additional links with coming soons on there for a few other things that we're not going to touch on quite yet. That's the teaser. Here's some other stuff in the works. Uh it's exciting stuff, and, and we're both pretty pumped to bring it to you. And once we have a little bit more fleshed out plans of what we're going to do and all that stuff, we will let you guys know when we're ready to go live with that. And we're going to know more about that stuff when we hit our next stretch goal on Patreon, which is at 70 patrons. So we're nine patrons away. Super close, actually. We're trying to make a little bit of a run at this content creator thing, and, and, and the website and the Patreon is instrumental to that. So if you were thinking about it, give it a go. You can set a max limit per month if you want to donate one, two, three, four, eight, whatever dollars per month. Do it up. If you have any questions, shoot us an email. Get after us, like private message on Facebook or Twitter. We can answer any questions that you have about that kind of stuff if you're on the fence. Yeah, we're fairly accessible. Well, Ryan is. I'm a little bit harder to track down because my social media chops are not very good. I am a bit of a Luddite, but I try hard. Well, at least you have a good word for it. Yeah. Very good. Shout outs? Shout outs. Shout out to new patron, Eric Vogel. Vogel. Sounds kind of like Bogle, which is kind of like Boggle. Eric Boggle. I wonder if he's a modern player. I hope not. I I'm hope he's an EDH just, player. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it at Bogle. Bogle? I thought it was Bogle for the longest time, then everybody started saying Boggles. Boggle is just funner to say. Funner. <laughs> You're the editor. <laughs> That's right. Shout out to... Michael J. Hampton. Hampton by Hilton? I Michael guess. J. Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> That's how uh, the hamster wheel in my head works. I like it. Shout out to, and this is a good one, Benjamin Gum. 
Our astute listeners will remember Benjamin Gum a little while ago. Wrote in, was having a tough time, having a tough go at it. We sent him a, a, a heartfelt shout out. Back on track. Life is in order. Everything is good. Him and his wife started playing magic again together. Can we say welcome back? We sure can. Welcome back. His last name is Gum and he needs a funny nickname. Do you think he's been called Benjamin Gummer his whole life? Probably. Oh, Can man. I went straight to bum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very excellent. Well, Ben, shout out. I hope his favorite card is the butt gasp. I hope his favorite card is the unglued card, City of Ass. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be his favorite card, though, because it's mine. Uh, yeah. You know what? In our play group, we actually just... We, we pretend that cities of asses are actually just cities of brasses, so people can play cities of asses. Yes. Very excellent. Very good. I suggest trying it. It's a good way to spice things up. Speaking of spicing things up, should we do a deck? Should we look at a main course? Ooh. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. So Ryan put together a five-color Karn-themed in spirit deck and it is helmed by let me just take a look at the list here joda archmage eternal now why did we pick him hold on archmage or archmage the commander's brew guys had the same conversation and i think i'm on the archmage train are you on the archmage train i'll flip flop back and forth i'll just say it however oh, it comes i out don't all. know if we can be friends if that's the case <laughs> but whatever okay i'll call him whatever i want joda how about that more like Choda. I like that better. It sounds like a soup. <laughs> That's not what... Do not Google that. <laughs> okay, Joda Archmage Eternal. Give him a read. Uh, Chode Soup. Okay, he is a 4-4-4. Four, four, four. He's a 4-3. What? He is a 4-3-4-1. Four, four, Blue, red, white, flying. You may pay Wooberg rather than pay the mana cost of spells you play. Wooberg being white, blue, black, red, green. What so, the hell? So when he's on the battlefield, everything just costs five. Unless it costs less than five, then don't do not do him. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Can you imagine having to, like, hard... Ca let's just say Wrath of God, having to pay five for a Wrath of God because you only have that one goddamn white? <gasps> Wouldn't that feel just so bad? <laughs> that would be so funny. Can you imagine? What would Joda be if it was... You have to pay Wooberg instead of the casting cost. Would he just like be terrible? Would they they would they would obviously they would alter his mana cost and stats to like push him more because he makes every other spell in your deck that is less than five like worse? I think it might have to work for your opponents too. No, that wouldn't work because if it if it had to be, then your opponents couldn't play spells and he'd be too good and he'd cost a hundred. I'm not sure how that'd work. Hmm. Anyways, Joda, not Karn. He is not Karn. Why is he not Karn? We needed five color. Okay. And we're going to try and sum up the uh, the history of Karn in two minutes or less. Go for it, Ryan. Karn, created by Urza back in the day, like 1,100, 1,200 years ago. Purpose, travel backwards in time to stop the Phyrexians from messing with Urza's brother, Mishra. Makes perfect sense. Failed. Went backwards in time about 24 hours to stop somebody from dying at Teleron Academy. Boom, time machine blows up. Basically the same thing. Along the way, meets friends Joira of the Gitu and Tefri. Excellent. They were both at the Talarian Academy as well. This isn't a flavor deck, though. They just happen to have pictures on cards that are in this deck, so they are important. Sometime after that, becomes a crew member of the Weatherlight. Nice. Meets a bunch of people doing that. They're all in this deck, too. Sometime after that, ends the Phyrexian War on Dominaria. Creates the Mirari. Messes up some more Dominaria. Goes to Mirrodin that he created. Actually, it was Argentum. Brings the Mirari back to Argentum. 
turns it into Memnark. Memnark messes the whole place up. What a dick. Yeah. Karn comes back. His shitty Phyrexian heart leaked oil into Mirden. Screwed up all Mirden. Got new Phyrexia. Karn's kind of a dick. He didn't mean to do any of this. <laughs> accidentally a dick. Accidental asshole, that's what we'll call him. Yeah, you know, we were talking before the show, Urza Planeswalker, accidental asshole as well. He was obsessed with defeating the Phyrexians, blind to everything else, ruined Dominaria forever for everybody. Great guy. Yeah, there should be a meme about him. <laughs> Tries to do good thing, ruins the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Dominaria gets ruined with time rifts that were caused by the Telerian Academy explosion. Leads to Time Spiral Block. Leads to Mirrodin Block. Leads to the mending of all Planeswalkers where they lose all of their power and become, instead of nigh-omnipotent beings, they become kind of more like you and me and they can just die. And then they printed them on cards. So I guess it's great for the game, but bad for stories. Yeah, bad for being a Planeswalker now because you look back at what Planeswalkers used to be and you're like, oh. Oh, dang. Yeah, they could create like whole worlds all by themselves. All I can do is make people forget things. <laughs> by hitting them with a pipe <laughs> wrapped in a playmat. F.U. Max Crandell. <laughs> Did you ever find the pube that he stashed in that mat? <laughs> no, it's still there, isn't it? I don't it? want it. <laughs> Anyways, that's Karn. We've got some serious flavor includes. We've got some serious artifact deck includes. And we got some serious fun combo cards and or value Jota cards. Speaking of sweet Jota value stuff, in preparation for the show today, I was checking out the stock list for Jota on EDHREC.com. And it looks incredible. It's just shit that costs 10. And I love shit that costs 10 Dude. when it costs 5. This is probably the only list out of any list on EDH Rec where I would go generate stock list, buy, <laughs> and just play it. Yes. Right? It looks ridiculous. Uh, it's got, what, the black and blue bringers of dawns. It's got time stretch. It's got all of the Eldrazi Jesuses. Jesai. Jesai. Conflux. A bunch of ultimatums. A bunch of myogens. It's so many things that are just oh, Ashen Riders. Progenitus and... has got good old progy tits for five <laughs> mana. Card After My Own Heart, it's got Zakana, Primal Calamity. Yeah, and because he, she, untaps nine lands when you play them, when you play them for five, you're just going to net mana off it. If you can bounce it with your remaining four mana, you just go infinite with it, and then you just play your whole deck. Nice. Super sick. It's it's a super fun, cool deck. Do we play anything that we just mentioned in this deck, Ryan? Um, like Path to Exile, Crossing and Grip. None of those things cost 10, Ryan. Mountain? I'm down with Mountain. Other basics? Come on, man. Get your life together. <laughs> Not as good as Mountain. Not Randall's as good book. as Mountain. Okay, well, what do we play? 19 creatures other than Jodha. So 18 other than Jodha. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Jodha. Who are they? Let's take a look. We've got a, a Captain Sisse. Weatherlight crew member. 2-2 two, two for 4. Tap her. Search for a legendary permanent. Get her now. She's only ever going to be better as they print better commanders. Especially not to have historic as a thing. If historic remains a thing. Uh, no, that's Joyra you're thinking of that makes historic better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also yeah. in the deck. Well, let's, let's go to her. Joyra Weatherlight Captain. 3-3 three, three for 4. Play a historic spell, draw a card. Oh, I like that. How could that be broken ever? <laughs> historic spell being legendary, permanent, artifact, or saga. It's not like there's any artifacts that cost zero, Ryan. Yeah, especially not in this deck. 
It's not a combo deck, but we have a little ditty in here that lets us get zero dropbacks that aren't lands. We're going to get there in a second. Creature number three. Eternal Witness. Get something back from your graveyard. You're going to notice a recurring theme here. How about Gliss of the Traitor? Death Trutch, first strike, 3-3 three, three for three. Hit something, get an artifact back to your hand from your graveyard. Theme. How about Goblin Welder? 1-1 one, one for one. Tap them to exchange an artifact in play and graveyard. Theme. Hannah Ship's Navigator. Weatherlight Captain. Sorry, Weatherlight Navigator. Super sexy art. Yep. Blue, white, one. Get an artifact or enchantment back from your graveyard to your hand. Theme. And theme. She's in every blue, white deck I ever build, meaning I don't own one, and I will probably never own one because I don't play blue and or white together very often. I'm going to build her in every single blue, white deck that I put together just so I can look at her. Would you put a Hellkite Tyrant in a lot of decks? I would put one in this deck. What's it do? 6-5. Flying Trample for Red Red 4. When Hellkite Tyrant deals combat damage to a player, gain control of all artifacts that player controls. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have 20 or more artifacts, what do you do? You win the game. <laughs> you win the game. It's an alt-win con, and it goes really well with a card that you're going to see in the artifact section. And we know all about alternate win cons here at CCO Podcast, don't we, Sean from Commander's Brew? <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have a Junk Diver. Three mana, one one. When it dies, get an artifact back. Theme. Oh, I know this one. Oh, Memnark. Memnark? Four, five, for seven? Sounds terrible. Make something into an artifact for three. Sounds terrible. Four mana, steal an artifact. There it is. There it is. Goes good with an artifact card. I've never seen this card without Muzio Visionary Architect. Muzio from Conspiracy lets you, I'm going to say Polymorph for an artifact. It's four mana, tap him. He's a three mana, one, one. You tap him, pay four. Look at the top X of your library where X is the highest converted mana cost among artifacts you control. Put that artifact into play. Brando shaking his head. Rest on the bottom. Good card. Legendary. It should... We should note that Sisse finds Glissa, Hannah, Joda, if he gets shuffled somehow, yeah. Joyra, Joyra Memnark, Muzio, this guy. And Fadim, Council of Invocation? Innovation. Innovation. Fadim, Council of... I don't even know what this guy's name is. Doesn't he, matter what his He's kind of weird looking. He's a four mana, one four. Artifacts you control have hexproof. That seems good. Yeah. We've got kind of this artifacty theme thus far. And at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control the artifact with the highest converted mana cost, draw a card. So he lets you draw two cards a turn because you're going to, FYI. Why are you playing this one, Ryan? Why, why are you doing this? I thought you were a good guy. Sitting down doing the show for 66 episodes. It's 66 weeks we've been sitting here doing this show. I thought you were a good guy. <laughs> and now you're putting Sharoom the Hegemon into a deck? Sisse finds Sharoom and Joyra lets you draw a card off of it. Well, I'm sure that's the only reason it's there. So... 5-5 five, five Flyer for Esper and 3 Sphinx, Legendary Artifact Creature. When she enters a battlefield, you get an artifact from your graveyard to the battlefield. Not playing Sculpting Steel, not playing Phyrexian, uh, the copy clone one. Not playing those. Straight value. It's right. like a value Yawgmoth's Will. It's like a value Hermit Druid, isn't it? Everybody's done a value Yawgmoth's Will or Hermit Druid. We've all seen that one guy. We beak the crap out of him for like a week. <laughs> this is my beak the crap out of me for a week card. It does, right. it does interact favorably with a bunch of stuff that we have. It does. 
but I haven't found an infinite combo yet. Uh, give My me. finger's in the air like it was on that black-white episode yeah. where everything was an infinite combo. <laughs> yeah, give me a few minutes. I'll break this for you. Silas Wren, Seeker Adapt. He's a 2-2 two, two for blue-black 1. We Depth Touch. A, with Poop Touch. Yes. And whenever he hits an opponent, you can pick an artifact in your graveyard, and you can play it until end of turn. Sisse finds him, and he gets artifacts from your graveyard. Artifacts like Solemn Simulacrum. Great value with Shroom. Of course it is. Enters the battlefield, search for land, dies, draw a card. Maybe if we sacked him to something, we could just draw cards over and over. Super sweet. How about Sidri Galvanic Genius? She's I, also kind of good looking. There's no bad looking women in this deck. That's awesome. Yeah, Therese Nielsen painted all of them. That's why. <laughs> Not part of the theme. Tyrese Nielsen? Oh, yeah, him. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. We've never played this card before. We have not. I've seen it a bunch, but I've never uh, played with it. White, blue, black for a 2-2. Human artificer, legendary creature, so Sisse finds her. Blue, target non-artifact creature becomes an artifact creature. And you could also do black, white, target artifact creature gains death touch and lifelink. So another death touch card. Is she in any way related to the weatherlight or is she just in here so that we can have more artifact bros? More artifact bros. Right. She's a cheaper way to make something an artifact with Memnite. She's a cheap way to make something an artifact and then hit somebody with a Hellkite Tyrant and then you steal it. Sure. That's okay, right? Yeah, it's not bad. All right. Although it makes an artifact into a dude, so you could have stole it anyway with the Hellkite Tyrant because he just steals artifacts. Oh, yeah, so it's already an artifact. That's right. And it makes uh, artifacts into bros. Oh, yeah, so that doesn't... Forget what I said about Memnite, too. Memnark. Memnark, yeah. <laughs> God, I suck at this. <laughs> Next creature. Next creature is a Thopter Assembly. Super good. I don't think he's very good, Ryan, unless you're going to... Six mana for a 5-5 five, five flyer in Artifact. Sure. It's fine on the vanilla scale. Cool. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control no Thopters, no other Thopters, right? You bounce it to your hand and create five 1-1 Thopters with flying. I don't know, Ryan. I feel like uh, something needs to be around to jazz that up. Maybe later on in the deck we'll get to that. Why don't we skip ahead to it right now? Because the instants and sorceries we can blow by pretty fast. Kay. Let's go right to the artifact section. Because this, this after all, is a Karn deck. So we'll we'll talk about the Karn things. Yes. And we'll start with Time Sieve. Oh, yeah. It goes infinite with uh, Thopter Assembly. Yeah. Karn, theme-wise, so on theme, I've been saying it all episode, is a time machine traveling golem. He's a DeLorean. Technically, he's the driver of the DeLorean, but yes. <laughs> but he's a robot. If he was a Transformer, I'll bet you he'd turn into a DeLorean. Oh, wouldn't that be so sweet? That would be a sweet Altered alter. Art Karn with the DeLorean on it. Oh, now that we've mentioned that, maybe... Uh... Jay Sage, hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> so what does Time Sieve actually do? It is an artifact for blue-black. Yeah, super... What the hell? Whatever. Tap, sack five artifacts, take an extra turn after this one. So he's infinite turns with the Thopter Assembly. Yeah, so you get your five Thopters, you sacrifice all of them to get your extra turn. Play the Assembly again. Play the Assembly after you do that, and then at the, during your extra turn, you bounce it, you get your five things, you untap your Time Sieve, you do it again. And it could be those really dirtily ones where it takes a long time because maybe you're not getting your land drops, you're not drawing anything good, so you're just sitting there taking extra turns for no goddamn reason waiting for you to get that yeah, eighth land or whatever so you can thing. replay Jota. Well, oh. you know what? We've got the Sisse. We're packing a couple extra tutors. We are. Let's keep looking at the artifacts because it's going to give us a couple additional ways to win. Okay, let's bang out the other like kind of wad things first. We're also playing Thopter Sword combo. So that's Sword of the Meek and Thopter Foundry. 
that is an additional way with time sieve to go infinite sword of the meek is an equipment gives plus one plus two don't care equip for two don't care whenever a one one creature comes into the battlefield under your control you can just equip sword of the meek to it from your graveyard yeah from your graveyard of course from your fucking graveyard thopter foundry is sacrifice a non-token art pay one sacrifice non-token artifact so that is your sword of the meek that you sacrifice create a one one blue artifact thopter token and gain one life so you create the one one and when it enters the battlefield it immediately gets equipped by sword of the meek from your graveyard sack the sword of the meek play one rinse and repeat do it five times time sieve extra turn extra turn so you can just dump five mana into it like each turn if you have five mana and two cards cool or you could dump no mana into it and go to our next dirty degenerate broken card phyrexian altar sacrifice your thopter to start making infinite mana so you have infinite mana and then do infinite turns but if you have infinite mana you don't need infinite turns or if you have infinite turns you don't need infinite mana there's actually no way i think phyrexian altar is actually infinite life in this case not infinite mana because you have to use the one mana that you make off the phyrexian altar to make another thopter but it is infinite life oh yeah infinite life that's okay i was going to say infinite mana we're playing door of door to nothingness maybe that's the way to break that card because we were talking about cutting it right yeah we are playing a door to nothingness it's just Let's just hit that one up. It's an artifact for five. Enters the battlefield tapped. Terrible. But if you untap on an extra turn. <laughs> <laughs> and what does it do? It, it says white, white, blue, blue, black, black, red, red, green, green, tap. This better be good, Ryan. Oh, baby. Sacrifice door to nothingness. This better be good, Ryan. Target player loses the game. It was worth it. Yeah, super good. <laughs> we don't win the game. We have to make three or four other players lose. But with all of the graveyard getter backers... Even just that we've seen thus far, we have ways to get it out of our graveyard. And even if you don't have ways to get it out of your graveyard, it's super fun to be able to say, yo, F you in particular. Yes. So let's go to the next degenerate artifact, Mycosynth Lattice. Oh, this card. So you remember that Hellkite Tyrant that we had? Mycosynth Lattice says all permanents are artifacts in addition to their other types. So when he hits somebody, he steals everything that they own. All cards in on the battlefield, all cards in the graveyard, all cards that aren't in play are treated as though they're artifacts. Everything's an artifact everywhere. Not just artifacts, but colorless. It's important to make that distinction because if you're playing with the big fat cheater pants in your playgroup and somebody plays the first Emrakul, you can terror it now oh, yeah. because the terror is colorless. He's playing 1v1 commander. Yeah. yeah. Terror is colorless, for sure. So you just gain control of everything that everybody has, take a bunch of extra turns, and just continuously get your door to nothingness back. Because <laughs> you're stealing all their lands. You're going to have 10 mana to dump in the door, right? Definitely. So super janky, super F you. Mycosynth Lattice is not janky. Yeah, I don't think that Any is. deck that actually plays Mycosynth Lattice for Mycosynth Lattice, that card will never be janky. Yeah. Unless right. somebody Shatterstorms you. And even then, they're Shatterstorming <laughs> themselves, too. And whoa, boy. Well, speaking of Shatterstorm, the next the next thing that we're going to look at, Darksteel Forge. Nine mana artifact. Artifacts you control have indestructible. Period. Just all of them, including the Darksteel Forge. Yeah. Which is strange. Usually, like, they give other things that, but not not these ones. Yeah. This and Avacyn. Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay with this. Avacyn's in the stock Jota list. If you were to Shatterstorm but wanted to be better what would you play alongside your dark steel forge i'd probably play nevenril's disc ryan oh yeah we do <laughs> <laughs> nev's disc is an artifact for four enters the battlefield tapped 
Yeah, whatever. One tap, destroy all artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. So when everything's an artifact. Whoa, boy. And everything that you control is indestructible. Jeez, it sounds like that deck I was just talking about, my Traxos deck with the World Slayer. Yeah. It also plays Nev's Disc. See, because <laughs> under normal circumstances, Nev's Disc destroys itself, right? Yes. So flavorfully, it makes sense. If this card was to be printed now, you'd have to sacrifice it to make its ability go. Yeah. You know what? I think I'm going to make a flavor tie here. This is Ark of the Planeswalker. We can kind of do this. Let's do it. Nev's disc is the Golgothian Silex. So that was the that was the the artifact that Urza dumped his lifetime of memories of the land of Dominaria into and exploded Argoth and ended the Brothers' War and started the Ice Age. Karn is actually currently searching for that artifact, I think, in the in the story now. Oh neat. And he's gonna find that. Take it to Mirrodin and blow the shit out of the place. Oh, that's he's got awesome. like 1,100 years worth of memories and like pain and anguish and torture because he was tortured on Wrath for a while. He's going to dump that into the Silex and Goblin Paboom, g- Kaboom pile the whole place. Oh, I like that. So sick. I, I want like I want Brexin to be like just dust. Oh, that's so cool. Interesting note. This is just a flavor thing. Karn took like a, a vow of pacifism that's why he was on the original pacifism in tempest because he said he would never fight or hurt anybody again and look at what his fucking cards do (laughs) (laughs) he he failed he did well he's since relinquished that vow but when he was still under that vow part of it was to to never hurt anything and crovax in the plane of wrath before the invasion put him in a giant tumbling room in the stronghold of wrath like a like a giant dryer like a rock tumbler yeah and Karn is like this seven foot tall, like 2,000 pound metal person. Put him into the tumbler with a bunch of little mog goblins. And as he tumbled, he crushed all the mogs until they were dead. And then once they were all dead, Krovax would just dump more of these mog goblins in and he would tumble and crush the, the goblins. And that's how he tortured them. Because how do you torture somebody who can't feel anything who's made out of metal, right? He's made out of metal. He's made out of silver because silver has like the highest tolerance to traveling through time in magic. And he doesn't have nerves. And his memory is capped at, was capped at 20 years. And uh, so like you couldn't take something from him and remind him of that forever. So his only thing was like his vow of nonviolence. So you just make him crush things because he's a big fat idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why Karn didn't have a trample on his card. (laughs) <laughs> when he was a creature? Because when he attacked, he turned into a zero eight. Well, so terrible. Son of a bitch. Moving on, anyway, sh- should going. we do some quick hits for the rest of the artifacts? Let's do it. We got Dink Mouthurn. Don't Google that. At the beginning of each player's pre-combat main phase, they get a colorless mana for each artifact they control. For five mana? That's yes. lots. But that you're going to get tons and tons and tons of mana off this card. Chromatic Lantern. Makes all of your stuff into Birds of Paradise. Claws of Gix. Zero drop. Flavor include... Gix was a Phyrexian Praetor from the original Phyrexia. One, sacrifice permanent, you gain one life. Commander Sphere. Taps for one of any color, sack draw card. Cultivator's Caravan. Vehicle, three mana, taps for one of any color. Darksteel Ingot. Three mana, taps for one of any color. You're seeing a theme there. Herbal Pool Tice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're playing that. Herbal Pool Tice. Pool Tice, Pool Tice. Tell me. Three mana, sack it, regenerate target creature. Zero mana. That's our second zero mana card. How about Mirror Works? Five mana. When you play a non-token artifact, pay two, put a copy of it into play. Ooh, super sweet. So if you have Micus and Lattice and you play a land, you can play two to get another land. Enters the battlefield. Yeah, super sweet. Nice. Or when you play an artifact land, because we're running those. Yeah. 
fun. That's cool. Yeah, and probably good with shroom too, because you get two shrooms. One dies, but you get two shrooms. You just get your shroom that you do. You get mana from playing a shroom. You could sacrifice the token that you you let the actual copy die. Sacrifice the token to Phyrexian Altar. You've got one mana. You use that one mana for half of Mirrorwork's activation cost, and you get your shroom back and do it again. You lose one mana per transaction. Not good enough. But we're playing Rings of Bright Hearth. Oh, but you got to put two more mana into that. Yeah, that didn't work. Dang it. Good try. Good we'll, try, Ryan. Good we'll, try. We'll find one. Next up, Mox Amber. Mox Amber, another zero drop. Taps for a mana of any color of a legendary creature you control. Oh, Prismatic Geoscope. Five mana. Comes into play tap. Terrible. But has Domain Add X where X is the number of manas you can, or basic land types. So basically you just tap it for Wooburg once you have Wooburg mana. But you have to have Wooburg basics or duels, or shocks. Yeah. Or a Prismatic Omen. Do you play Prismatic Omen? No. I like Prismatic Omen, that's a good one. Rings of Bright Hearth. Copy an activated ability by paying two. Scourglass. Destroys all non-artifacts. That's what Nev's disc would look like if it was printed today. Yeah. We're playing a Sol Ring, of course, and... A welding jar. Another zero drop sack to regenerate. And lastly, we have the weatherlight. Yeah, that's the ship. So we've had some of the friends. It's a crew, four or five flyer. Crews for three, because Joyra crews it herself, and she's a 3-3. Three, three. And when it deals damage to a player, look at the top five. You can take a historic card and put it into your hand. It kind of tutors, but it tutors five deep. It's like it's collective companies, kind of. Sort of. It's a cool card. Yeah, I like that. It's a good Sweet one. Sweet picture, cool card. So there's all of our enchantments. Let's do our... We have one... Our, our artifacts. artifacts. Let's do our one enchantment. There's just one. We got Oath of Tefri. Oath of Tefri is an enchantment for blue, white, three... When it enters the battlefield, you blink a thing that you control, and you can activate Planeswalker loyalty abilities twice every turn. Super good with our Planeswalker suite. Yeah. Planeswalker suite. Now, we haven't done one of these in a long time. Yeah, we actually have six walkers in the deck. Oh, boy. Now, remember, legendary, so Sisse can find them, and you draw cards off of Joyra with them. No, these are pussy-ass Planeswalkers. Not the cool ones like Karn, like we're being right now. Yeah, well, technically, the mending made all planeswalkers pussies. So Karn is in the same boat as them now. Yeah, well, not when you're asking me. When I tell the story, all the old ones are still cooler. That is all. Let's start with Dak Faden. Dak Faden is a three loyalty planeswalker for one blue red. Plus ability, target player draws two, then discards two. Minus two, gain control of target artifact. Sweet with Micah's Lattice. Yep. Minus six is the big one you get an emblem with whenever you cast a spell that targets one or more permanents, gain control of those permanents. We actually don't care about the ultimates on any of them except for the last guy we're going to read. So I, th I think with Dak Faden, you want to get artifacts into your graveyard so you can reanimate them. Or, or sorry, get them back into your hand. It's the same as drawing them if you discard them in this deck. Point of conversation. Because it's, 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 it's here now. What the hell good is that emblem? Honestly, if you don't build around it, what are you targeting your opponent's shit with that's going to give it to you? Oh, I'll boomerang your land. Oh, I get it, and it goes back to your hand. Sweet. Oh, I path your guy. Oh, I get it, and I get the land, I guess. What the hell is the point of that? You're never going to target your opponent's stuff with anything that isn't going to destroy it. And then you're not going to get control of it. Does it give it haste? No. That emblem is the worst. That's a bad emblem, unless it's like a pump spell, but then it wears off at the end of turn. Or if it's like an infect spell, then it wear, like it doesn't have haste. Yeah, and what kind of... 
Like, what are you... Do you cast what, an, like, an enchant creature on it? You probably get it anyway. Like, yeah, you. but what kind of enchant creatures are you playing in blue-red? What kind of infect spells are you playing the, in blue-red? The red? flying cat one <laughs> from Dominaria? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's a good point. Maybe he goes in Grixis, so you can infect stuff. Maybe. you got control magic effects but, but and But control infect. magic effect gets it anyway, oh, yeah. right? Like, it's just, yeah. it's not worth it. It's Dak Faden, you are a dick. Dick Faden. Yes. Moving along. We have one of my personal favorite planeswalkers. Do you have bipolar today? <laughs> you go from Dick Faden to one of your favorites. Yeah. I well, guess that's just alphabetically. Yeah, you it's not even alphabetically. F comes after D. Don't Google that. <laughs> Duretti, ingenious iconoclast. He is a another three loyalty planeswalker for one black, red. Plus one, you get a 1-1 one, one colorless construct artifact creature with defender. Minus one. You can sack an artifact to destroy an artifact, also really good with Micah's and Lattice. And then if you care, minus six, choose target artifact card in a graveyard or in play and create three tokens that are a copy of it. So more artifact shenanigans. Yes. Okay, I'm sensing a theme in the planeswalkeries. Speaking of artifact shenanigans, how about Duretti Scrapped Savant? Duretti 1.0. Oh, man. He is a three loyalty planeswalker for red three, plus two, discard up to two cards, draw up to two cards, or draw that many cards. Sack an artifact if you do return an artifact from the graveyard to play for minus two, and minus ten is... Get everything, but all artifacts back into play, right? Whenever an artifact is put into your graveyard from play, you get it back at the end of turn. Ah, so kind of the same thing, but sure. Still pretty good. Okay, moving right along. We have Sahili Rao. Sahili Rai. Is that an I? That's an I. You need to get your eyes checked. Fixed. Another three loyalty planeswalker for one blue red. Plus one. She deals one damage to each opponent and you scry one. That's the worst. Actually, that just immediately wins you the game when you have infinite turns. And those first three guys, like, give you a thopter or a, an artifact every turn to attack when you have infinite turns or let you draw your deck when you have infinite turns because their plus abilities draw you cards. So I guess that's how you do it with time sieve. That's how you win because you're sacking all your thopters to a time sieve combo unless you have a rings of bright hearth out to like replicate a thopter for two extra mana per turn. But playing a planeswalker just seems better. You just attack with Jota or something. I guess you have, if you have infinite turns, you draw your whole deck anyways. What am I yeah, saying? Yeah, I'm man, a dumbass. Come on, come on dude. It's Sahili Rai. Let's keep going here. Her other ability is a novel of text. Minus two, she creates a copy of a creature or artifact you control, gains haste, exile the copy at the end of turn. And it's an artifact as well. And it's an artifact in, his, in yeah. addition. And minus seven, search your library for up to three artifact cards with different names, put them into play, shuffle your library. That's probably fine too because it finds you your combo pieces to win. It finds but you what? It, whatever. Mike's like, Lattice, you... Darksteel, Forge, Nev's Disc. Thanks, guys. Yeah, or like Thopter Sword, Thopter Assembly combo. Yeah. Sure. All right, then we got Tezzeret the Seeker. We all knew this one was coming. He's a four loyalty planeswalker for blue, blue, three, plus one, untap up to two target artifacts, minus X, search your library for an artifact with a paper mana cost X, put it into play, minus five, it turns all your artifacts into five, five bros until end of turn. I actually like Tez's plus one ability with Nev's Disc or Prismatic Geoscope or whatever, and uh, what's the other one that came into play tapped? Door to Nothingness. Super sweet. And lastly, we have Tezzeret, Agent of Bolas. Another three loyalty planeswalker. Costs two blue, red, plus one. Two blue, black. Two blue, black. You are right. Plus one. Look at the top five cards of your library, and you can reveal an artifact from among them, put it into your hand, and then the rest go on the bottom. Minus one. Target artifact becomes a 5-5 five, five bro. 
period, and minus 4, target player loses X life and you gain X life, where X is twice the number of artifacts you control. Can you imagine going Tezzeret, Mycosynth Lattice, Rings of Brighthearth, plus 1, whatever, fine. You search for an artifact, or whatever his plus 1 is. His minus 4 next turn, everything you control is an artifact. Copy the ability. Lose life equal to everything that I control, times 2, because it's times 2 on his card. Times two again because rings of bright heart that probably wins and that's a, that's like a realistic ultimate because it's only minus four. Yes, it's it's easy to get there. That is why Microsynth Lattice is no joke. That and the Nevdisk thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Super sweet. I like. I like. I don't have that Tez, and he's expensive too. We're gonna talk about it in the budget section. We have to keep moving because we're crunched for time. Instance. Yeah. Let's let's bang through these instants as fast as we bang through donuts. Instant is. Cyclonic Rift. Bounce a thing or bounce everything? Crozen Grip. Split second. Kill an artifact or enchantment. Path to exile. Exile a creature. Source to plowshares. Also exile a creature. Utter end. Exile something. Sorceries. Creeping Renaissance. Choose a permanent type. Return all cards of that type from your graveyard to your hand, and it costs five with flashback for seven. I would choose artifact if I were you. I might too. How about Day of Judgment? Destroy all creatures. Importantly... Doesn't say they can't be regenerated. So we have our zero mana cost artifacts that sacrifice to regenerate things. That's how we save our key creatures. Neat. Farseek. Green one. Search for a plains, island, swamp, or mountain. Put it into play tapped. Final parting. Search for a card. Put it into your hand. Search for creeping renaissance. Put it into your graveyard so you can flash it back. I like how you said it that way. Can you pay Joda's man? Can you pay Wooberg to flashback a card? You cannot because flashback is an alternative cost and you can't pay an alternative cost with an alternative cost. Very important to note. Next up, we have Karn's Temporal Sundering. Super themey. So it's blue, blue, four. Take an extra turn after this one. It's a legendary sorcery, so you need to control a legendary permanent to be able to cast it. Take an extra turn after this one. Bounce a permanent. Exile Karn's Temporal Sundering. Themey because Karn is on it and blah, blah, blah. Could potentially just be Time Warp because Time Warp is better. costs less mana. But I'll you could always just bounce your um, Shroom and player again and get something else back from your graveyard. Just value, right? No combos. Value. I like the theme. Yeah. I like that. I, I like, like the that. value with Shroom. Of course you do. <laughs> How about open the vaults? Six mana. Everybody returns all artifacts and enchantments from the graveyard to the battlefield. Non-bow with Mycosynth Lattice. Yes, but you just Nev's disc again, so F them. Praetor's Council. Another Karn card. Green, 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 five. What? Return all cards from your graveyard to your hand. You have no max hand size. So that's another graveyard getter backer. Conversation. Sure. Cost eight doesn't win you the game, so immediately it sucks. I think that you're probably doing pretty good if that gets back into your hand. What was their thought process here? Printing that effect at Mythic, question mark. Why did they do that? Why does that card exist? Why is it at Mythic? What was that there for? It's not for Standard. EDH wasn't really a thing yet. EDH was definitely a thing there. It wasn't as big as it is now, but they did design cards that were specifically for, let's call it, casual play at the time. Did they care about, did they care about EDH during Mirrodin Block? They did. Or new Mirrodin Block. Yes. They did care back then? They did. It was at Mythic, so it wouldn't interfere with Limited. And the effect, like regrowth your entire graveyard into your hand. Because like shuffle your graveyard into your library is worth like two mana. Yeah. And so is regrowth. Even new regrowth is worth like three or four. 
or three if it's just green cards, but regrowth your entire graveyard and you have no max hand size is worth eight mana. Well, maximum hand size is worth zero mana because all the good cards that do it cost zero. Oh yeah, that, that's fine. That's fine. It's but worth tap for a mana. It's worth negative one mana. <laughs> the, the spell should cost less if it gives you one no maximum hand size. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Uh, no, it's mythic, so it wouldn't interfere with anything, and it is a fairly like specialized effect. Like, there's not really anything else that kind of does that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we have it for recursion, and because Karn's on it. Yeah. Neat. The next one, also for recursion. Seasons pass. Six mana, return any number of cards with different converted mana costs from your graveyard to the battlefield. And if you're counting, we've mentioned cards that cost zero, not including lands, because we've got those welding jar type effects all the way from zero to nine mana i think with uh dark steel forge so regardless of what goes into your graveyard you're going to get something back also the, i'm going to point this out because thematically this could be all sun's dawn like the birth of mirrodin which karn created very thematic this is a better card uh yeah so if you're looking for theme uh this is all sun's dawn yeah it costs one more mana but you're gonna get more cards it, back it's a better card so that's why we're playing it next up we have supreme verdict destroy all creatures they can't be countered they can be regenerated though and lastly and certainly not leastly we have trash for treasure as an additional cost to cast it Sacrifice an artifact for red two. Return target artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So you're just swapping two cards. F you welding jar. Hello, worm coil engine. We're not playing a worm coil engine, but that's what I used to do with it. Yeah, that works. So another graveyard getter backer. If you count, that's 12. Mana wow. rocks and dorks. If you count mirror works that doubles things when they enter the battlefield, nine. Mass removal. Including Hellkite Tyrant. I'm including that because you're stealing their stuff, so they don't have it anymore. Six, if you're including Planeswalker effects, we've got eight targeted removal, and I'm I'm counting Dak Faden because he gains control of artifacts. Yeah. Hello, Worm Coil. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, you don't get two tokens. <laughs> I get them when it dies, right? Like when I sacrifice it to... Uh, Phyrexian Altar. Yeah. Or Trash or Treasure. Card draw, five, including Planeswalker effects, but if you're going to take infinite turns with some of your tutors, of which we have three of them you're going to be able to do that right we're also playing a, a Teleria west which is a land that transmutes for blue blue one for a card that costs zero so you can find another land maybe an adventure's fair to let you search for an artifact card or maybe you search for your welding jar to keep your creature around right before you wrath so or, lots of utility there yeah, or you can find the other thing you need to make wooberg yes because sometimes you just need wooberg that's right and uh, of course, Tezzeret, my favorite trick, as uh, everybody in CCO Nation knows, minus zero him to search for an artifact land, of which we're playing six of them. So we can do that as well. Just quickly, and I know at the top of the show we mentioned it, add Paradox Engine for combo.deck, right? But yeah, there you go, yeah. These are some of the things that I've found with the deck. So if you find a Captain Sisse, you can find a Joyra. And then you literally just tap Sisse to search, Joyra to cast, draw a card, right? Add Paradox Engine, and you can go almost infinite. A couple more one-drop or zero-drop artifacts that give you mana, like moxes and stuff, instead of those welding jars. That's the Captain Sisse deck, right? Sorry, that's the Joyra deck. No, that's the Sisse deck. It's both. Oh, yeah, what you said. Yeah, just do both. <laughs> Hell with it. Creeping Renaissance into your graveyard with final, final parting. That and the other 12 ways to get things back from your graveyard. Thopter and Sword. Thopter Assembly for Redundancy. 
you can use Tezzeret's ability to make things artifacts or Sid, uh, Sidri Galvanic Genius's ability to make things artifacts and then sacrifice them to Phyrexian Altar. They That's why them, those are in there. Make them creatures. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Because they've got to be creatures to be sacrificed to Phyrexian Altar. So lots of synergy there. And then you can just get them back with like Hannah, Ship's Navigator, or the rest of your artifact getting back package. You could do like a 1-1, one, one, a 2-2, two, two, a 3-3, three, three, a 4-4, four, four, a 5-5. Five, five. That's just 5 blue. Then you sacrifice them all for Wooburg, cast your Creeping Renaissance, and you get your 1-drop, 2-drop, 3-drop, 4-drop, 5-drop back into your hand, and you can cast them again. Dang. Yeah. 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And then you draw cards with them with Joyra. So again, Jesus. add Paradox Engine. You've gone infinite. That's why that's not in here. I hate that card. You can hate it too. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I think I, I think I hate it. Yeah, Typically, you you don't hate things. I'm, I am the one that hates I but, hate when it gets played against me because I know that like literally nobody's using that card to do fair things. Yeah, nobody ever plays that card for fun. And I think that's why I dislike it. Because every time he plays like, oh, here we oh, go here again. Here we go. Yeah, that's right. Way to go. The greatest, what is fun about it is watching somebody try to play it and then whiff. Oh, God, that feels good. What's great about it is playing in a pot of four at Vegas with Evan. <laughs> and uh, I give him a mana for something. I gave him a mana somehow. And he, nature's claimed a paradox engine and it let me win next turn. <laughs> <laughs> Super sweet. Strengths and weaknesses? Strengths and weaknesses. Let's start with weaknesses. Sure. Turn one through three, this deck's going to dirtle a little bit. Turn three is kind of like barring soul ring and some like turn one removal, like that's ever a thing in this format. The deck's going to dirtle till turn three till it drops like mana rocks. So that's a thing. Jota on four, the deck, like I'm sure lots of Jota decks do, kind of depend on the commander pretty heavily. And they depend on that turn five. Yeah. Well, he only costs four. Well, yeah, that's why I say it depends on the turn five. Because you play, you play Jota, who cares? You got Jota. Oh, yeah. When I you untap with Jota, now you've got a. Now you're playing time stretch on turn five, and now you're doing your turn six. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Karn's temporal sundering in our case. Yes. On five instead of six. <laughs> oh, we broke the format. Can you exile it too? <laughs> Worst ever. So, a little bit janky early game. Relies on Jota. Here's oh, the, and, and the other thing I had written down, sorry, the other thing I had written down is Karn's Temporal Sundering is just jankier than other extra turn effects. That's actually what I had. I don't know if this deck actually relies on Jota that much. Honestly, like all of the creatures except one, maybe two or th like two or three, cost five or less. So you're not really relying yeah. on Jota there. Most of your instants and sorceries cost six or... You know what? I'm, you know looking, what I mean? at, I'm looking at Praetor's Council. I'm looking at... Like, you use Jota to get some of your bigger effects yeah. for cheaper. but like you're Dark not a, Steel Forge. That was the other thing, too. Yeah, but you're not abusing Jota as I would abuse Jota. As I will abuse Jota. I got a foil one in my prizes for oh, Vegas. Oh, super sweet. And I'm probably going to build more of the stock list than the Karn list. Uh, yeah, I think that's fine. I think, yeah. I th okay, let's, well, maybe we move that to a, move into strengths. It doesn't rely on Jota maybe as heavily as normal Jota lists. <laughs> other than needing your Dark Steel Forge to kill everything yes right you, you don't yeah. want to pay nine for anything in edh unless it literally unless it's an eldrazi that wins you the game yes unless it yeah, anyway, win the game yeah win the game at eight you're paying nine for something it better god damn win you the game <laughs> yeah so fun and exciting i think that's a strength right everybody likes new fun exciting um different than the stock build for sure it's got uh, a uniqueness rating of 49 different cards than the stock list on EDHRack.com. Solid. Multiple ways to victory. We talked about infinite turns. We talked about stealing artifacts. We talked about uh, door to nothingness. Super <laughs> sweet. You could make it dirty, dirty, dirty. Oh, you could turn this into the dirtiest ass combo With list. With Sisse and Joyra in the same deck. 
as if both of those commanders aren't already very powerful. Yeah, they're already savagely, disgustingly not. Um, they're broken. I'm gonna say they're broken. Uh, you know what? I don't think that Sisse is Sisse and Paradox Engine breaks the game wide open. Joyra and Zero and One Drops artifacts make the game broken. If you have a way to sacrifice your um, your one drop, your junk divers, and your uh, mirror retrievers to get stuff back into your hand that you can play again. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, Joy- crazy broken. Joyra's the one. She's like Omnath. I remember when we talked about Omnath. I said he's one of those generals that's going to get better every set. Because yeah. they're going to just keep printing land ramp cards or cards like that. Sissy and Joyra are both they're, like that. They're exactly like that. Every set they get new cards. Every single one. So they're really exciting to own and really exciting to play with, but... They're only ever gonna get more broken than they are now, yeah. and they're already pretty bad. I think you pick them up now, right? I think they're, I think they're good. I, I like playing with those cards. I hate getting attacked when you're playing janky stuff like this. This is the, this is a metagame deck where it's like, people know what the deck is. Yeah, you're playing Karn theme, not Jota dirty combo. That's a strength. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I, I like it. Budget four hundred and forty-one dollars American. That's okay. That's like eighty-seven thousand dollars Canadian, but still. Yeah. Well, here, get this. I got an Academy Ruins in here because that gets you back your door to nothingness or your Nev's disc if you have to actually pop it. It's 23 bucks. You could put Mind Slaver in here and just Mind Slaver lock somebody with that card too. I guess you don't need to if you're playing Infinite Turns. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. 23 bucks. You could cut it. Captain Sisse, 24 bucks. Now, she does make the engine kind of rum, hum a little bit better. She's 23 bucks. I think she's only going to go up. I mean, grab them now. But yeah, you could cut her for cheaper things if you were looking at being budget conscious. Phyrexian altar, sixty bucks. That could easily be. Could it be an Ashnod's altar with a? What's the card from from Make America Great Again? Prismatic Geoscope. No, that was in today's list. I know. Gemstone the array. You can pay yeah. two mana to make a um, one of any color. color. So you could you could get a Phyrexian altar effect with an Ashnod's altar and a gemstone array. In answer to your question, no. No, it couldn't be an Ash Nonsense. <laughs> no, it could not, Ryan. <laughs> not in Wooberg.deck, right? No. Rings of Bright Hearth, 33 bucks. Because it copies all the abilities. It copies your Tezzeret Agent of Bolas ability, who's $23. You cut those one, two, three, four, five cards, 163 bucks gone. Total deck, 275 bucks. Which is about the, that's the intro EDH I think that's deck. fine, yeah. If you're going to go buy one from scratch. Exactly. If you want to be competitive, you spend 50 bucks like on the Edgar Markov stock list or the Atraxa stock list, put 150, 200 bucks in the stock list, you've got like a good competitive deck. Yeah. I don't think that there's anything wrong with 278 bucks to make a really fun theme deck. Should we go to Milk List? No, we should probably go into Card of the, of week. the week. What do you like this time? This week, I like Seasons Past. Oh. <gasps> I like Seasons Past. Sure. Uh, give it a read again. Uh, Mythic Rare. Again, Mythic Rare, your favorite, from <laughs> Shadows over Innistrad. For Green Green 4, Sorcery, return any number of cards with different converted mana costs from your graveyard to your hand. Put it on the bottom of your owner's library. Seasons Past was on the bottom of its owner's library. Oh, combo. You can get it back. Yeah. With one of the things at the two-drop mana slot, like a Demonic Tutor. Yeah. Or whatever the milk list tells us is going to be in five color decks. <laughs> yes. Um, super good. I like it because you have to build around it a little bit. It it forces, it encourages or forces, whatever the appropriate strength of word is, uh, you to focus on synergies within your deck. It makes you actually have a mana curve. You don't just 
top out at four and it's okay. Haha, my deck is or start at four. This or, is yeah. Commander, dude. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, new decks. One, two, three, four. You end at four. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Your combo killed. You don't have time for five and six. That's a thing. But it does open you up. You have to think about that or why include it. It's know, like a wild pair. Yeah, it's like wild pair from the Yidris Eldrazi tribal list we did a couple weeks ago in Arc of Audience. Yeah. Um, it forced us then to look for cards that had the appropriate power and toughnesses and include or exclude them to be better with wild pair. Yes, they could contribute to the value of this card. And speaking of the value of the card, it's $1.34 American cents or 18 Canadian dollars. Or 15 American dollars for a foil. Hoof, EDH tax. Yeah, right? Yeah, right. Oh. You know what I like about this is this card, going back to the synergy thing real quick, is it made me look at those zero drop artifacts. The, uh, the welding jar and the uh, mox amber and think, oh, this goes good with Joyra and those like zero drop moxes I can find with Sisse, right? So there, there was great synergy there. And if I played like a demonic tutor, I could literally just go and tutor this up again when I cast my two drop because I would get a demonic tutor for my two drop with seasons past. Yeah. So lots last, of value there. And last note on it, it's a beautiful foil. Yeah, very yeah, excellent. That, for that $15, you are getting a very, very nice foil. It's got a cool art on it. It lends itself very well to the foiling process that they used in those blocks. I I, I either have one or I used to have one. Sweet. Very cool. Milk List? Everybody loves the Milk List. Okay. Milk List is, as per EDHRECOM, the most commonly played cards at each converted mana cost slot today, Wooburg or five color or white, blue, black, red, green. Yes. Shall we? We shall. The zero drop slot. I think that this is going to be an excellent milk list. Have we ever done a five color before? I think we have. I think it. we have, yeah. Oh, yeah, we've done Sliver Queen and stuff. So let's let's yeah. look at it again anyways, just for a reminder. Mana yeah. Crypt at zero. No. Definitely a competitive card. Soul Ring at one. Yes. Detoot at two. Demonic no. Tutor. No. We just talked about that. Yeah. But I, d- not, I didn't actually look at the list till now. We're not playing it. Chromatic Lantern at three. That's a yeah. Wrath of God at four. Nope. No, but we are playing... Um, Day of Judgment, so we can regenerate our guys. I'm, I'm not counting it, though. Mirari's Wake at five. Nope. Teneb the Harvester at six. Nope. Atarka World Render at seven. That's the dragon that gives you Gruel times six, right? Not Steam Vent, or Steam Vent Hellmaw. Sure. Some kind of shit. <laughs> Some kind of land name and dragon name. Got it. Yeah, it's not that, though. Bringer of the Black Dawn at eight. Nope. Nicobolas at seven. Missed him. Nope. Nicobolas at eight is what I meant. <laughs> what the hell? Bringer of the Black Dawn at nine. Still no. Still no? Okay. No, it's still not there. Dragon Tyrant at ten. No. We're playing Helkai Tyrant at six. Ulamog at eleven. Nope. It the Betrays at twelve. Nope. Emrakul two at thirteen. Nope. Dinkmouth Infusion at fourteen. No way. Why? In five color? Why aren't we playing that in this deck? <gasps> what? In- it's got affinity for artifacts, or we could just cast it for Wooburg. I am the worst uh, deck builder on the planet. You're t- you are cut from the team. Wait, Ryan. wait, wait, wait! I got one. I got one. Fifteen, a Talkthon Worm. I'm getting look, guys. We should move on. Who? Effin plays a Talkthon Worm. Effin. Are you gonna play it in your Jota deck when you build it? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Draco at 16, not playing it. Not playing that one, though. So excellent. Two milk list matches. Very good. Good on me. Okay, so going to EDHRECT.com, 14th most popular Wooburg commander. I think it's going to climb the charts quickly. Oh, he is going to sail to the top Mind you, right away. 
Lots of slivers are ahead of him. Lots of dragons ahead of him. General Tazri ahead of him. But I think he's going to pass Corona. I think he might pass Horde of Notions because I think it's just better ability than Horde of Notions. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think, think so. I think he'll go past Reaper King too. Yeah, maybe be like the fifth most popular. He, I, don't, I don't know if he'll get up to General Tazri. General Tazri's pretty competitive competitive yeah. guy. Yeah, and then above that is Progitits, Child of Alara, which is interesting that that's number three, but it's a failsafe. It's a kill... It's a wrath on your commander. That's right? that's you want to play five colors and you give no Fs. Yeah. That's what that that's is. That's the commander for my five color land deck, which is really coming along, by the way. Yep. Sliver Overlord and Scion of the Air Dragon, of course, are the most popular. But you know what? The top five or six are pretty close. Top five are close. Yeah, no far and away. We're talking a difference of uh, 1545 at the top, 1278 at the bottom. 300 decks? It's- not, not once much. you get up that high, that's that's not that far. Yeah. So 14th most popular, average converted mana cost, a little bit high at 3.67. So again, remember the weakness, it is going to dirtle for a couple turns, fine, whatever. But your critical turn's only five. Joda's on four, and you've got a, like a Dark Steel Forge on five. Heaven forbid you get Joda on three, Dark Steel Forge on four, Nev's Disc on five. Uh-oh. Yeah, or like a Tezzeret Untapped Dark Steel or Nev's did, like, goodbye, right? Game's over. Optimal game size. It's a Dirtle deck. It is. Probably got to play it in, like, a non-competitive five-man pod, six-man pod, six-person pod. I don't know if I would go up to... I don't think you need to play it in a six. I think you could get away with this in four and five as long as you're not playing hyper-tuned competitive. I, yeah. This is a casual deck. It's not a bad deck at, at all. It's just... I think you get away with this in a 4-5. I would say 5 is where I'd play this one. Maybe we change the metric from optimal game size to um, how spiky it is, right? <laughs> like, this is not spicy. This would score the the worst on the competitiveness, right? Yeah. Mind you, with some tuning, remember, just add Paradox Engine, you're good. Yeah. One U- card. Uniqueness rating. Uh, cards different from the stock list, 49. Mentioned that earlier, Very as well good. as the three tutors that are in it. Punch it all into the spice calculator. 50 on the nose. Nice. It. Meets the requirement. The be a spicy test. ass deck. Yeah. yeah, fifty test. I like it. Uh, you could cut the tutors. I think if you cut the time sieve combo and kept the tutors and just played them for value, like the Sharoom, I think that's fine. Sure, we'll just play it the way it is. It's not really degenerate. It just looks yeah. degenerate on paper. When you specifically look for the combos, yeah, that's right. I think it'd be fun. You know what? I was excited to build around Joda. I was excited to have Joyra and Sisse in the same deck. I wanted to include a bunch of Moxes, but I didn't want the deck to be $7 trillion. So if you're into that, if you're looking for some sweet value and synergy with your graveyard and your planeswalkers, right? You just you just discard to your uh, your uh, your Duretis and your Dakfadens the appropriately costed things for your seasons past. Like it's lots of synergy in the deck, and I think I like that. I'm kind of gravitating towards that as a deck builder. Synergy is important. I'm still on the turn things sideways and make somebody else die. I think it's cyclical. I think yep. I think for a while you do that, and then you kind of start looking for synergies and how to attack more profitably. Then you start kind of looking for more profitable things that don't involve attacking. And then you start then you playing get, World Slayer. With then you get Blyster tired of like just and... infecting everybody to death, so you kind of go back to goblins or white weenie <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like a final thought of the day. What do you got? Recap of the show. Final thought. We'll recap real quick. So remember to stop by our Facebook page or the newly launched CommanderCookout.com to check out our Planeswalker Twin giveaway, which you can enter 
in a myriad of different ways, all of which will be explained on Facebook or on the website. Check out our wedge auctions for the foil Pilatraxa, the the Psycho Sebi custom not safe for worth token and worth token, work token. And as we're sitting here recording this, Jay Sage from Skuma Alters actually sent us a video of our super amazing Altered Art Sol Ring. Thank you, Jay, for that. Everybody checked it out. By the time you hear this, it will be posted on our Facebook page. It's unreal. Check that out. Get on that one as well. It'll be entered to both help out a great member of the community in Wedge from the Mana Source, and you'll be entered to win the super sweet, battle-tested, battle-born Kenrith Twins. As far as this deck goes, it's the most Karn-tastic thing I think I've ever seen. I made up a word. As it follows some of Karn's adventures through the multiverse as the accidental asshole that he was, and ended up being a non-douchey combo deck, which you don't see very often these days. So if you dug this one, and you want to see us dig even deeper into the Planeswalker pile, because we could dig up either some stinkers or some really cool ones, and I think next week I'm going to try and build me a Lord Windgrace deck. And if that really pumps your nads, then you will not want to miss the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Woo!